And we are live. Good evening, everyone. It is Brian, the UK Bitcoin master, back as always with my regular Bitcoin show. And hold on. I hope to goodness you didn't hear status quo just go off then. I touched my earpiece and it set up my music off my music on my Mac. Welcome, everyone. We'll try that again. It's the 10th of February 2022. As always, Strong Bitcoin Hand, that is the name of the game on this show. Um, I've got a great guest for you all this evening, so uh, look out for that. Before we do that, as always, I just want to get the preliminaries out of the way. And the first preliminary, as always, is do your own research, people. Do not take anything I say or anyone says as financial advice. This is so important that you do your own research, you get down the rabbit hole, and you only buy what realistically you can afford to lose. Uh, very important, if you're finding the channel for the first time, check out ukbitcoinmaster.com. That's where you'll find all the uh, videos I've done today. I think um, heading for 400 uh, live streams now. Uh, if you want to um, sort of narrow that down and find the interviews that I've done, over 50 of them, uh, already with some of the greatest thought leaders in the space, then check out bitcoininterviews.com. Uh, get that out of the way. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So uh, very, very quickly, if I may, I always give a shout out to some of the guys that are regular in the chat. I can see that, that Bitcoin to the moon down in Australia has pounded and retweeted, but I guess he's probably sleeping now. Yorkie Bitcoiner is in from the north of the UK. Proud Zionist Jew, aka Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, always supports the show. Uh, Patriot Hoddle, I think I've said that right. Welcome to you. Good to see you. My lovely wife Elaine is in the house. My nephew Paul is with us. Great to see you. My granddaughter Caitlin is in the house. As always, lovely to see you, my my lovely. Bazam Mac D, welcome. Johnny Midas is in the house from the US. Matthew Underhill from the Bitcoin Book. Um, good to see you all, people. Pound the like button. Don't forget to retweet this out. It helps the show. Okay, what I want to do is I want to go over to the desktop and have a very quick look at the Bitcoin price. And what I'm interested in here is the fact that you're going to get 2,207 sats for every dollar you spend if we look at the dollar denomination. But what I really want to draw your attention to is this. What do I say on my show all the time? Don't try and trade this thing. Look at that dip we had a few hours ago. That walloped all the way down and then rebounded all the way back up really quickly. Where were we at? About 45, oh, just over 45. Bounced down there to 43. Shot back up again quite quickly and a steady growth upwards ever since. So if you try and trade this thing, people, I'm telling you now, you're going to get totally wrecked. Um, very, very quickly, we can see the hash rate is just up around the 200,000 exahashes, uh, which is pretty darn impressive. Remember, after the Chinese miner strike. So, um, you know, it bounced back. I knew it would bounce back. And there we are at pretty well all-time highs again. Well, we've got to get over 200 to smash that all-time high again. Now, before I get into chatting with Danny, there's something that I want to promote right now uh, to those of you that are in the United Kingdom. Uh, there is an event that's taking place on the 1st, 2nd and 3rd of July near Bristol. And you want to know about this thing because apparently I've been told it is definitely now happening. <clears throat> it's called the Bitcoin Adventure. It's down near Bristol. And you can see it's three days of Bitcoiners getting together. Um, this is just a draft of what I've been 
um, sent out. But uh, if you want any more information on that, if you're on Twitter, if you connect with DB. Esatoshi, he is arranging it. Obviously, you can reach out to me at UK Bitcoin Master, but a great event, and I'm really looking forward to something taking place in the UK. Very, very quickly, um, <clears throat> if you know a whale out there, anybody, Bitcoin to the Moon is selling his uh, digital asset portfolios that includes Bitcoin to the Moon.com and BTC to the Moon.com. Dot com, amongst other stuff. And I would encourage you all, if you know a whale is willing to part with 11 Bitcoin, that's a great domain name to own or a couple of great domain names. Quick uh, shout out to Matthew, who's in the house. He wrote the Bitcoin book a couple of years ago, The Beginner's Guide to the Future of Finance. Fantastic book. Read it several times. Got a copy here. It's available on Amazon, on Audible or in book form. Um, highly encourage anybody that's new to Bitcoin to check this out. It really is a good and easy read. Okay, so that said, it is time for me to introduce you to my live guest. Danny is the CEO of Coin Corner um, in the United Kingdom. Um, I'm happily using Coin Corner now for all of my Bitcoin buys. So without further ado, Danny Scott, CEO, Coin Corner, welcome to the show. Great to have you in the house. Hi, Brad. Thank you very much for having me. Nice to be here. Well, it's great to have you in the house. Now, listen, uh, my earpod nearly fell out, and it's, it, for some reason, when I tap it to put it back in, it kicks off my flipping iTunes, and Status Quo starts playing. So if Status <laughs> Quo starts playing through this, people, forgive me. So, Danny, great to have you on the show. Obviously, um, I've uh, connected with you a little while back when we first arranged this, but I guess what I want to do is you know, get you to talk to our audience about who you are, how you discovered Bitcoin, we're going to discuss Coin Corner, obviously, uh, you know, and, and where, you know, you feel the future is going. So I guess a great start, Danny, as always, because, you know, a lot of my people that are, uh, are coming on the show and listening are regular working class people like myself. You know, I don't mix in financial circles. You know, I've done nothing to do with finance at all in my life. Um, so let, let's roll the clock back. Where do you come from? Where, where What did you do before you ended out? The, you know, down the Bitcoin rabbit hole, but then more importantly, starting Coin Corner. Sure, yeah. Um, so yeah, I was uh, going back, uh, I guess, back to sort of 2009. Um, I was in my last year at university. Um, I One of my lecturers actually mentioned uh, to do with the Benzantine Generals problem. Um, hmm. And I had to Google around that at the time. And I first, that was when I first heard about Bitcoin, came across it. Um, that was meant to solve it. I went uh, back to my lecturer at the time, told him this thing here on the internet that I stumbled across um, was going to solve the problem that he was telling us all about. Uh, and he kind of brushed it off and dismissed it, I guess, uh, is the best way to put it. And obviously, I was a student at the time, sort of, you know, like listen to the lecturer of what they're, they're telling us. Uh, and I dismissed it as well. And I moved on. Um, so I graduated, ignored Bitcoin in 2009, which was obviously a silly mistake. And I'm, I'm pretty sure everybody does that um, these days. I think the story is always generally they hear about it um, over a number of touch points and then eventually start paying attention over time. Um, so uh, I was in a software development degree at the time. Um, so I'm a software developer by trade, okay. uh, left university, went into uh, the real world. I was working in a internet startup. Um, which 
Uh, it's kind of like online online takeaway ordering, similar to Just Eat and Uber Eats that we see today. Um, yeah. So I was there for a couple of years. Uh, we got acquired at the time by Delivery Hero, who are, I think, still around today, one of the big guys. Um, and I moved on then into a, a bit more of a finance sector. Um, at the time, uh, I had actually, before the acquisition, I got I brought over to the Isle of Man, uh, which is where uh, we're now based. Um, so I kind of came across here with a job and didn't really think anything of it, just saw, never really been to the island and it was kind of a, um, coming, I think they pretty much the, we came across once for about two days and then the next time I came across, I was living here. So it was, uh, straight across <laughs> new country and, wow. and see what happens. Um, so we're now, is it 11 years later? I think now 11, 12 years later, I've lost track. Um, we're still here. Um, so I. Uh, went into the finance sector a little bit there at that point, and um, eventually uh, myself and one of um, the co-founders of Coin Corner, we started a software company, um, jumped into that, started, we had a couple of clients, worked with Microsoft for a few things and a couple of a big healthcare company in the UK. Um, but we got to a point during that, that we kind of wanted to kind of, we were very entrepreneurial, I guess, anyway, in terms of what we we're building, we were always building crazy ideas and concepts and, and playing around with all sorts of um theoretical uh tech idea should we say whether that websites or whatever that be um yep. what we ended up um doing was we bitcoin had kind of cropped back up back in 2011 again and then in 2012 uh, we were actually looking at it for uh, the startup company the, the food related one i was touching on there uh, in terms of accepting it at the time uh, we didn't end up accepting it because our bosses didn't want to to deal with it um, it was a little bit too early, I think, at that point, and dark markets and the usual uh, scare yeah. everybody off. Yeah. Um, so again, we dipped our toes in, you know, downloaded the wallet, played around, didn't really do too much with it at that time as well. That was 2011 times. That is um, early, isn't it? That was early. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, just, it's a shame, I think, because I came from a software background as well, I've come from the tech side of, of Bitcoin, not the finance side of Bitcoin. So. I think we were playing around with it and we were looking at the code and, you know, we even um, played around and created our own coin and just forked off Bitcoin and created just to play around purely out of tech interest. Um, but I didn't really get the economical and the financial side of things until further down the line, I guess, until you learn a little bit more and go down the rabbit hole and, and you kind of pick things up along the way. Um, so 2012, 13, we started our software company and then we ended up um, re revisiting Bitcoin again around this time uh, and we ended up um, mining and began a bit of a mining venture. Um, so we was mining graphics cards and then ASICs. Um, but obviously being in the Alaman, UK electricity prices, they weren't the uh, the most competitive in the world. Um, mm. So we ended up um, realizing that just wasn't really feasible long term. Uh, and at the time we did have a fairly large GPU um, mining farm at the time as well. Uh, we kind of shut that down eventually and, and sold all the graphics cards because um, we've got a couple still in the office that we keep as uh, like memorabilia, um, <laughs> old, old memories. Um, and we've got still a couple of the ASICs as well that we keep and as almost on display in the, the office. Um, but we realized that by the time we'd finished mining, we'd been mining for a year or so, and then we realized we still wanted to stay in the industry. It was interesting to us. Um, we felt there was something there with Bitcoin. And, you know, I think even at the time, quite honestly, still, you're not quite sure what that is, but there's something there, you, you know, that's, um, it's something special. And sometimes you can't quite put your finger on it being so early at the time. Um, 
what we fell back into is obviously software development side as we were both software developers uh, yeah. and we built out um, Coin Corner and an exchange. Um, when so did Coin Corner kind of focused... kick off? I, I've seen the timeline of Coin Corner. I've had a look at it, but I, I can't quite remember. You've been around several years, haven't you? Yeah, 2014 um, hmm. when we founded. So it was about July, July 2014, I think. Um, yeah. So we, yeah, we were still early at that point. There was not really too much competition in the UK. Um, there was uh, still quite, you know, your Coinbase's and uh, Bitstamps and so on. You know, they were all out there already going. They've been a few years ahead of us. Um, and the US, I think, side were always a couple of years ahead, really. Um, but we were one of the first ones in the UK. Um, we had, um, at the time, I think there was CoinFloor, there was Bitalicious, um, Bitalicious still here today. Um, there was a couple of others, Natagio, I remember, a couple of them. They all eventually um, dis slowly disappeared, I guess. And it was, uh, we, we launched at the most ridiculous time, I think, uh, which was a bear market, uh, <laughs> not long after the... Uh, the Silk Road era, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, um, yeah. yeah it would price had hit a thousand dollars, come back down to about one hundred and fifty dollars ish, I think was it at the time. Um, and we launched when it was um, on its way back down and and hitting a, a two two or three two to three year bear market almost. Um, so it was certainly interesting times when we launched um, and a very uh, difficult journey, I would say, along the way there. Um, mm. But yeah, we're, we're still here today, so um, it's quite nice to, to still be here. Well, it's great to have connected with Coin Corner, and I'm gonna I'm gonna interject and put my two penneth in, if I may. I've been in Bitcoin five years, come May, and if there's one thing that stands out with Coin Corner above head and shoulders above all else, and that is the customer service. There is somebody you can reach out to. I, D I can DM you. You're the CEO. I've DM'd Molly. And you always get an answer back. You know, yeah, we all get frustrated when something might go wrong. Or, you know, I've had an issue, as you know, with, you know, getting my sister's money through from her bank. But that's not Coin Corner. That is the uh, you know anti-money laundering and all the KYC stuff, the, the stuff that's in between. But to have somebody there... Um, that will, I mean, I've had issues with Coinbase before I came over to Coin Corner. I was just using Coinbase. And of course, the more I heard this narrative of, you know, delete Coinbase, delete Coinbase, delete Coinbase, and, you know, Coinbase do this and Coinbase do that. And, you know, Brian Armstrong is not a Bitcoin, you know, all that stuff. You know, all of yeah. a sudden, you know, I, I have some issues and I'm, and I'm emailing them and you get nothing. You just don't get a reply. So for me to literally have a reply, even if it's not the reply you want, there's a live person saying, hey, we hear you, is absolutely incredible. So take my hat off to that side of things, Danny. I really do. Good. Thank you. That, no, that's, that's absolutely great to hear. And I think that is that is something we, we, we do want to continue and make sure customer services um a number one focus for us along the way we have focused on that a lot throughout the, our, our history i guess um yeah. i appreciate you know uh, obviously we don't have quite the um 65 million customers coinbase may have so dming brian uh, armstrong on twitter you may not get responses <laughs> um, <laughs> i hear uh, obviously no, don't quite probably get as many as as he will um but i do obviously try and, and make sure uh, we are reachable and we can respond um, and we do have a lot of the team on socials that um, if customer support is is for some reason slow to respond, you can reach out and we'll try and um, jump on the case and try and help out. And it's it's kind of what we want to do as a, a company as well. It's um, everybody in the company, every staff member in the company is 
effectively customer support at some level or another, um, regardless yeah. of their role in the company. They will at some point um, be front facing in, in the respect of whether it's social media or, or whether it's just in person at um, you know, an event or even down the pub and somebody comes over and knows you work there and uh, start asking you questions. You have to be able to answer questions at some point. So um, well, that's really good to hear. Thank you. I, I've got to say, let me just clear something up. Firstly, I didn't DM Brian Armstrong. It was just the, the point. The point <laughs> yeah. is, you know, when you don't get a response and you've got an issue, look, many of us, this is new to us. You know, I was flipping lying in a beach in the Canary Islands, retired when I got my call for, about Bitcoin, and I didn't have a clue what it was. I, I'd never heard the name. I'd never heard the name cryptocurrency. It all seemed so alien to me. So all of a sudden you get into this thing and something's not working how you want it to work. And you want somebody to give you a bit of guidance, give you a bit of help. And there was just nothing. I mean, early, early doors for me was local Bitcoins, I have to say. But then obviously I, I started using coin, Coinbase. But it's just it just sucks. It's just rubbish. They don't respond. And a lot of the times, the one thing I really hate is, and I'm sure I'm not alone, and that is the automated response. You can almost tell that it's been copy and pasted, you know, and I just get furious at it. So for me... Yes, Coin Corner may not may not be the size of Coinbase, but let me tell you where I'd rather put my dollars, my pounds, my you know my business, and that is Coin Corner. You know, you've got to grow. Every every company has got to grow. It's got to start somewhere and it's got to grow. I looked at the timeline and, you know, the employee numbers have gone up and, you know, we're telling more and more people about Coin Corner. So I guess what I want to know is, how did Coin Corner come to buy CoinFloor? Because I had a, an account with CoinFloor, but I, I didn't do anything at the point because I was still, you know, DCAing on, on, on um, Coinbase. And then all of a sudden, oh, this company called Coin Corner is buying CoinFloor out. And I thought, oh, who's that? And I don't know, it, just, it seemed like a different experience. And then I quickly migrated across from Coinbase and have got rid of that now and just use Coin Corner. So what was the thinking behind you know, the acquisition of CoinFloor then? Um, yeah, sure. Thank you, by the way. All absolutely lovely comments to hear. So thank you very much. Appreciate it. They're that. true as well. Um, thank you. Um, so, uh, yeah, the CoinFloor situation. So we've known the CoinFloor guys uh, pretty much since we launched back in 2014. Um, I think I actually met uh, their original, one of the original founders um, pre-ourselves launching, actually. Um, and always kind of kept in touch um and spoke to them over the years uh, i think myself and obi uh got in touch a little bit more about 12 months 18 months ago now maybe um and i think it got to a point where we saw um coinbase going to ipo we saw um certain companies uh disappearing being acquired merging and you know you end up having them conversations um <laughs> Sorry, one of the comments I just I thought um, I'd throw that across the screen when I read that from Danny. <laughs> yeah, thanks, but you Danny. didn't say anything. He made a comment, yeah. so you haven't you haven't um, indicted yourself or done anything like that. <laughs> thanks, yet, Danny. That. <laughs> um, so um, yeah, myself and Obi touched base, and, and we we kept in touch over the last eighteen months. Um, and we, we were seeing, we was, had conversations of potential like, mergers, acquisitions, directions. Um, and then we kind of left it. That was about 18 months ago. And then it, we kind of left it. Um, and then it'll be touched base again uh, in the summer just gone, mm. uh, 2021. Um, 
And he was, uh, we had the conversation and uh, basically they were looking, I think there's a combination of, of reasons, I guess it's, it's one for Obi more, more to touch on um, why I think himself and the team there were, were looking to exit. Yep. Um, but I think they had a variety of reasons. Um, honestly, FCA regulation in the UK is, is certainly strangling um, a lot of companies, I think, uh, from a UK perspective, um, which is not a great thing, um, or I mm. don't feel it's a great thing. We've seen Danny, who just popped up with the comments there for people that don't know, who's uh, also used to be UK, who relocated to the Alamon, um, and he runs fast bitcoins. Uh, we have Bitalicious, who I touched on before as well. They um, relocated and came across um, to the Island Man. Uh, again, these are all due to UK FCA regulation squeezing them too tight in um, ways that I guess they were not comfortable, um, which is why they came over here. Sure. Um, sure. And Coinfloor, Coin same situation. I think they were also looking to, to relocate in uh, various jurisdictions. Um, so I think it came to a point where Obi also um, had... I guess, other aspirations, other directions he wanted to take himself, um, I guess, in his own personal journey. And I think we saw, uh, I'm sure you saw the news of his um, recent new role on the um, Bitcoin fund for Africa, uh, okay. which was backed by Jack Dorsey and Jay-Z. Um, wow. So he's now one of the four board members there and he's moved on to that project and wants to help drive uh, Bitcoin adoption in Africa. So I think it's a, a pretty... Um, it's certainly a very, very interesting direction he's gone with that um, and hopefully a, a very good um, opportunity for him to go and take that. And um, I think his his mindset of what he wants to do with Bitcoin and, and helping people out, I think, would be great over there. So looking forward to seeing what, what projects come from uh, the back of that. Um, so it kind of came together from a combination of all and things where he was looking to move on. Um, we were in talks with them for... Uh, a number of months, uh, as were a couple of other uh, companies. Um, we went back and forwards a number of times. I can't really touch on too much of the actual detail of the um, deal, uh, but then obviously that happened in uh, about September. So we acquired them, uh, appreciate, and we can um, think, me and Obi have had conversations after uh, in we met up in um, CoinFest uh, in Manchester uh, just before Christmas. Uh, and having conversations around things. And I think we we both kind of agreed that the wording uh, we put out with some of the initial press releases was a little bit confusing for people um, because uh, we haven't merged. It was it was an acquisition from CoinCorner to CoinFloor. Um, okay. It's obviously just of their, their customer base and um, balances come across and so on, but not uh, we didn't really take any of the platform or anything or, or the actual entity itself uh, still exists there. Um, so, yeah, it was in traditional sense, I guess, acquisition, um, which so far so good. Everyone has been pretty happy. Uh, I think the migration period as well, the bringing customers across um, was went pretty smoothly. Uh, hopefully everyone will say that. I'm sure we've had a few hiccups along the way and apologies for them once. Um, but generally the, the, the migration's gone, gone smooth. I think we're oh, it's really easy for me. Yeah, it was really easy. Good. Definitely. Definitely. So what, what's, what's, your, what's your plan, you know, as much as you can discuss? What, what's the goal with Coin Corner then? What, what's the aim? Um, <clears throat> right, so bigger picture. <laughs> um, <laughs> this, this industry changes daily, so it's like, you know, you've got one aim one day and the next day you're changing in a different direction. Uh, too many opportunities. But we, we try, what we try and do at Coin Corner is um, we are focused on um, Bitcoin and focused on the, I guess, the disruption of uh, traditional finance. And I'll come on to that, that part in a minute. Um, what we are not, I guess, and we try not to be 
associate ourselves with it for the most part, which is your traditional crypto exchange. It used to be Bitcoin exchange and now crypto exchanges. And, you know, they're adding every X, Y, and Z token and coin and um, NFTs. Now half of them are branching into NFT platforms. Um, yep. We're there, you know, for me, they are creating gambling websites to speculate on tokens and assets value going up and down. That's not what we're, the, I guess, the, the game we're in and the industry we're in. We're in trying to create, um, using Bitcoin, obviously, as, as this base. And we're going to try and help create more of a, um, I guess, traditional finance disruptor and try and find ways that we can bring real world use case products that people use in their everyday life that are built on top of Bitcoin and Lightning, which I'm sure we'll come on to shortly. Um, so that is, I guess, where our direction is at the minute. Um, and it's trying to disrupt not only, I guess, initially, let's say initially, uh, the traditional finance world, whether that be banking, whether that be Visa, MasterCard, whether that be Western Union and, and whichever direction you want to take that. Um, and eventually the, the longer, longer term, I guess, you know, a decade away, we believe that um, a lot of technologies um, will be built on top of Bitcoin, on top of Lightning and your layer 3s and, and so on. Um, yeah where we'll be seeing a, um, I guess, in my head, hopefully a truly decentralized, uh, the likes of, of Twitter, for example, obviously is, is a good example with social media and, and censorship and so on. Hopefully we'll start to see um, more decentralized versions of them built on top of Lightning and Bitcoin. Um, and that will disrupt, moving from disrupting the fi traditional financial world <clears throat> into disrupting uh, all sorts of industries around the world, whether that be um, media, whether that be uh, traditional media, whether that be um, podcasting is another perfect one, um, whether that be social media um, or whether that just be e-commerce in general, uh, anything internet-based, I guess, has the um, opportunity here to be disrupted uh, by what I believe is Bitcoin being layer one and you, you're lightning layer two um, and the mm. technologies underneath it. Um, so that is the direction, I guess, Coin Corner is driving. Um, happy to touch on more detail in, in certain areas uh, if you like. Um, well, yeah, go on. Do you want me to? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, but my audience wants to hear from you, not me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was just checking you didn't have another question coming on to that. So, now you uh, could before you could. I, I, I ramble on. Um, so, one of the lightning, obviously, um, you know, we saw the likes of strike in the US um, and their announcement around El Salvador and El Salvador adopting Bitcoin as legal tender and they're using, you know, that wouldn't be possible without Lightning. Um, so Lightning was our, we've been playing around with Lightning pretty much since it started 2018, January, February, 2018. We've, um, for me, it's always been in um, the back of my mind as we've been growing Coin Corner as to that's how you make Bitcoin usable money and, and make payments. It took, you know, that was the white paper for that came out in 2016, I think. Um, so ever since we kind of read that and we were, I was learning around what was happening with Lightning, it took, you know, a couple of years to, to eventually get released. Um, and then one, even once it was released, it was early days, you were, we were playing around with it. We, we bought um, some of the Blockstream stickers, I think, in the, the February time, 2018, just to try it out. And it was the first things you could really buy. Um, so we played around, you know, at that point we kind of knew this is the future of, of online payments, I guess, initially um, was the first part of the process. But I think then our, our minds um, and ide ideas, I guess, have grown and, and adapted to much more than just online payments. Um, 
So again, with any technology and any new technology in its infancy, it takes time to build. And that's, to, you know, we're now four years later and we're now seeing countries uh, the size of El Salvador, 6 million people adopting yep. it and making use cases for it. Um, we're seeing uh, Tonga, who's a, a smaller country, but again, another country in need in terms of financial infrastructure. Um, they're looking to hopefully have that live by November, I think, this year uh, as legal tender. Um, we're seeing a couple of other ones that were, I think, rumors float around for all sorts of various countries at the minute. Uh, Russia also um, talks of they, they're swapping in. They're almost like China at the minute. They, they change their mind every week, I think. Um, but um, we're seeing people move. And I think a lot of this is not, uh, it's certainly not been possible without lightning and you know bitcoin doesn't scale to the masses at the base layer and it's it's never going to in that respect so um lightning has enabled that and that is where i guess my personal focus has always been over these last um four or five years uh with that in my mind and now we believe i think it is the time when it's becoming a real world use case and oh yes. a real world usable oh, yes. product um <clears throat> so We've seen even Cash App this, was it this week or last week? Cash App, uh, I think this week to 100% of their customers now. And they've yep. enabled that to, I, I don't even know how many millions of customers they have. Um, we're seeing a lot more of the exchanges, I guess, around the world beginning to add Lightning. However, I think the lack of Lightning from the likes of Coinbase, um, even from Kraken and all the other sort of guys around the world there, you know, their focus isn't... Um, payments and disrupting the traditional finance, their focus is trading coins to, for speculative purposes and adding X, Y, and Z coin and X, Y, and Z token. Um, so their focus is, I guess, it's like different to the way ours is and the way uh, I'm glad now we're starting to see the likes of Strike and um, the likes of Fast Bitcoin, uh, just touching on Danny's thing there as well. He's got Lightning enabled as well. Uh, and the likes of Bitfinex as well, I think are doing great things for the space um, in terms of Lightning adoption and Lightning growth. Um, so that is our focus. Sorry. I, I was going to say, I just I think people are missing the, the plot here. Uh, um, maybe I'm speaking out of turn, but it's my it's my channel. And if I want to say it, I will. And I think that, you know, Bitcoin's a done deal. You know, yes, there's some hurdles to get over. But like, you know, Bitcoin is the boring thing that just chugs along TikTok next block. The most exciting thing is lightning. You know, and when people shift away from that uh, Bitcoin and understand that lightning has got it is going to completely disrupt the world, is it not? You know, the, the unbanked, you know, the people in El Salvador that, you know, just literally, you know, couldn't get access to basic banking. You know, when you start to think of lightning, I mean, and, and I'm only talking from somebody who I'm not I'm not clever at all. You know, I had to literally get into Bitcoin before I understood layered money. You know, read Nick Bartia's book, Layered Money, and I didn't have a clue. Somebody said to me, what's money? I'd have said a £20 note. I did not know what money was. So I'm like anybody else out there trying to get their head around all this stuff. But what I've got, clear and simple, even though I don't understand it. Now, I've got a full node running. I haven't got any lightning channels open yet. I'm scared to death, but I've got lightning on my phone. I'm moving lightning around. I've, you know, got my, my granddaughter, Caitlin, in the chat. She had a, a, a Christmas present that was a lightning gift, you know, so I'm doing that much. But it's like it there it is so there is 
there's so much to learn, but I think the really, and I don't know if you agree with this, but the really important thing is, you know, when, if you'd have rolled the clock back 10 or 15 years and said that one day you, you'll hold your phone up and you'll pay for something, or you'll swipe your debit card, you won't need to punch it in or anything, people would have gone, what, how the hell's all that going to work? I think the masses don't need to understand all this. It's just going to be streamlined as the years yeah. roll on. It is clunky right now. We are nervous that we do something wrong. Look, you know, I've been in people, I've been in Bitcoin five years and even I've messed up and Molly helped me out of it when, you know, it was some trying to get this, you know, this, this, um, you know, this lightning address with my own name on it. And, and I mess that up and I sort of know what I'm doing. So my sister, who might be watching this, who don't under, have a clue what it is, hang on in there, sis. Just hang on in there. Learn a little bit as you go along. So how is how is this all going to change, Danny? How do you see it changing? Do you see any major innovations? <clears throat> is there stuff that is, is you know, it's going to innovate that we can't even imagine what it's going to look like yet? Because I see the excitement is everything that is built on top of Bitcoin. Yep. Nope, I fully agree. I think we, we you're completely right. Um, we are still lightning. It's still early. We're still early with it. Um, where the UX isn't, um, I guess, up to scratch in terms of uh, where customers will be used to using. And, and this is the everyday life piece I touched on earlier on. And what we want yep. to do as a company is is to start introducing better UX for everyday life use cases of Bitcoin and Lightning. Um, I think um, I'll come back to Lightning addresses in a minute and, and what we're doing with them, that side of things. Sure. Um, but I think... Uh, Jack uh, Mallers at Strike. So he, he, the, the way he explains sometimes and taking Bitcoin, you've got Bitcoin, the, the currency and the value and the asset, and you've got the technology side of things. And yep. the technology itself is then capable on Lightning, for example, of moving money anywhere you want in the world instantly for fractions of a penny. And it's instantly settled at the other side. So, you know, I could send Bitcoin from here to the US um, via Lightning to whoever that may be in the US. Yep. Um, they will receive that instantly and it's gone through no intermediaries in terms of centralized points um, and it's straight to them, settled with them, that's in their bank or it's in their uh, Bitcoin wallet, straight on their phone, on their computer, wherever that may be. That is, um, I guess, a key part of something maybe people are missing at the minute where allowing, and this is what's happened, I guess, with El Salvador and remittances and it's allowing people to move money from their US dollar bank account and instantly scan a QR code, send it over to your friend in El Salvador, your family member in El Salvador, and it's instantly flipped to their local currency. So the technology piece is almost enabling a new payments rail, um, which at the minute, as you know, this might sound complicated, like you're saying for people that don't quite understand it and to, to hold on in there. Um, and the UX is being worked on and improving over time. Um, but what's happening there is, is effectively built a decentralized um, new financial infrastructure that um, is effectively allowing or disrupting the likes of um, SWIFT and Western Union. And obviously in the UK, we've got backs and faster payments and uh, chaps and all that side of it and standing orders and direct debits and all these things that all have intermediaries and central companies and entities all in it. And then you've got your visas and your MasterCards and all of them, you have to ask permission to join their network and to... Um, create a product on their network or to use their, their network, whether that be Swift, Visa, or whichever one that is. With Bitcoin, with Lightning, anybody in the world can, this is an open network, anyone can join that network, anyone can jump on 
Yep. Anyone can develop around it. That's something we've never seen in the tr traditional finance where we've got an open system that people can build on and innovate around. So traditionally, we've had your Visas, your MasterCard, your Swift, your, or your Western Unions, your MoneyGrams, all them centralized companies, all them, you need permission to build anything around their systems. Now, and it effectively allows, it's, it's slow innovation and slow development around that then. Now we have this open network, anyone in the world can interact with, it's interoperable with, you know, us ourselves and Cash App now, we've never spoke ever um, in terms of uh, any development between the two of us. And we can, one of our customers can now send and interact with Cash App customers um, by sending light over Lightning instantly and settle from their GBP bank account straight to their US dollar bank account on the other side instantly with fractions of a penny cost and no permissions needed to be asked from the Lightning Network or the, the Bitcoin, because you know, the decentralization aspects kind of, um, is the solution for that. So <clears throat> what we're seeing at the minute is this open network now, I believe, and similar to what we saw, I guess, similar with the internet and the innovation and the speed it moves at, traditional finance has never had this opportunity to um, be disrupted and be innovated on as quickly as what we're about to see with Bitcoin, Lightning and this open network. Um, so that for me over the next five to 10 years is going to be certainly interesting. And I think it will change quicker than a lot of people expect. I think initially, obviously, we've had this very slow build up for the last four years of lightning and now countries are adopting it. Companies are adopting it. We're starting to move. We're seeing eventually real world products. What we're um, a bit of a sneak peek when we've have, I think, I don't know if you've seen them on Twitter, where we've been doing the contactless payments. So in the UK, you know, people used to using the Visa, MasterCard, debit cards at the bank, and they go and tap on um, the point of sale terminal in a shop to pay. Um, and it's like the contactless payments. We've created something um, similar to that, and we're building that out, and that's due to be released within the next month or two. Um, awesome. And that will allow you to be able to walk into the shops. Um, you'll be able to tap with your Lightning card, basically, um, and pay with Lightning, contactless, tap, done. That obviously then brings efficiency and <clears throat> convenience, I guess, to the customers when they're out in personal and uh, a point of sale at the shop, able to pay. Um, it's much easier. I think we saw in El Salvador has been a great test bed, I think, for lightning payments and use cases in person, going into a shop, paying. I think we saw complaints around um, that we probably don't have that problem in the UK, but in El Salvador, it's sunny. Uh, we're not used to that that sort of weather here in the UK, are we? No, we're not. Um, <laughs> but uh, they, um, there was, we saw various complaints. You know, it's a bit slow to get your phone out, scan the QR code. Uh, sometimes the sun's shining on the screen and you can't get the QR code right and scan it because of the reflections. Um, you know, there's certain things there where the UX isn't quite as good yet. So um, the contactless payment piece is something that came into the UK uh, a few years back and it's become... Uh, predominant payment method. I think we're now at 90, I think um, uh, one of the banks with Barclays, I think put out a statement uh, a couple of weeks ago and I think 91% of their card, UK customer card payments are actually contactless payments now. Um, so we've moved into this contactless world here in the UK specifically. The rest of the world, obviously some, some countries probably don't have that capability and that flexibility um, because the banking and the financial infrastructure don't allow. Um, whereas with the lightning card and being able to tap and, and pay, um, you're going to be able to recreate that. You know, we will re release that and push that and drive that in the UK and some other territories that we're looking to, to help drive that. Um, but at the same time, that can also be built, not just in a, uh, tied to your coin court, it's actually tied to your coin corner balance. So you'll be able to spend effectively like your bank account, but using lightning. Um, 
but we'll also build this in mind where we've also been able to do this with your umbrella node, for example. Um, so if you're running your own umbrella node, you switched on before you run your own node, you'll be able to then tie that into your umbrella node and be able to make the payments from your umbrella node in a non-custodial manner. So you can look after your own Bitcoin and, and keep it yourself. Um, that's going to be massive for, I think, the El Salvador um, route and a lot of Africa and some Asia and, and um, South Americas where they you now no longer as long as you can have your own node at home and you can get one of these cards which again the, the cost of these are incredibly cheap um we're talking you know to buy one of these as a fresh blank one uh, might be like you know 50p um wow. and you can then <laughs> set that up tie that to your umbrella node and off you go you can go and pay in a non-custodial manner no no permission required from anyone um, and you can join and you're on board you're effectively banked and you're enabled um convenient payments around the world. This is just one example of, of the minute of the, one of the products we're um, working on and we'll be releasing and, and trying to drive um, lightning innovation, I guess, and lightning ease of use. Um, so it's coming. Um, there's more of that to come. We have a lot more um, a lot more products, I guess, in the background that we're, we're working on and playing with in, in a similar manner. Um, and we're hoping to release them over the next year or two. Um, but I think it will, it's, it will be the, um, I guess, the traditional, the old saying, I think it was Richard Branson saying or one before where, you, you know, an overnight success takes 10 years to make. And um, I think that's what we'll, we'll see effectively with um, Bitcoin and with Lightning. Um, Lightning's already four years old. And I think in another four years time, we're going to see an overnight success where um, it will come out of nowhere and everybody will be using it. And they may be using it without realizing they're using it for a lot of the time as well. Well, uh, I think there, there's another saying, isn't there, that's really true here, and that is people overestimate what can be achieved in a year and massively underestimate what can be achieved in five or even ten. I mean, this is just yeah. so, for me, massively exciting. It really is. You know, and I'm I'm a boomer. You know, I'm an old git, you know, <laughs> but I'm in that rabbit hole and I'm trying to learn as much as I can. And talking of Jack Mallers, um, if you haven't seen his a pod with Pete McCormack recently, people, go and watch it. Jack really smashed it in that interview with um, Peter McCormack. It was fantastic. It really was. And, you know, what, a, as, as uh, Yorkie Bitcoin has said, what a smart kid, you know. So we've got Jack doing it. We've got what you've got going on um, within Coin Corner. And um, Molly's in the house. Molly, I want to say hi personally to you because you've helped me out many times as an old boomer who's got things wrong. So, Molly, thank you very much for that. Um, there was a question in the audience, but I'm going to ask it anyway, Danny. And, and that is currently Bitcoin is not the only coin on Coin Corner. So are there any... <laughs> plans to make it a bitcoin only platform i i know i've heard you say somewhere that it's not that easy to you know remove certain coins you've got to have just reasons and you know all the all the you know all the guidelines and law and everything else so any plans for that uh, or would yeah. you like that or would you like that yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a better way we of putting like it. that uh, yeah i mean this question obviously has been asked a number of times um one of the um we added them, I guess, as a long story to why we ended up adding them. It was a, a investment angle of what um, one of the a potential investor um, was interested in having altcoins on platform. And we originally at the time we were Bitcoin only. Uh, we purely added them out of um, from that angle. We never actually took investment from that um, 
uh, entity at the time. So mm. uh, we added them purely to prove that we could at the time. Obviously, customers began to buy and we went off on a different tangent anyway, um, away from that investment. Uh, at that point, you know, customers have a couple of these altcoins um, and we then have to have the decision. We were focused on on different parts of the business and it just became uh, it sat there in the background and it has sat there in the background for a few years now. Um, it still continues to sit there in the background. Uh, we have Litecoin and Ethereum are the two. Um, we don't really offer more services than just the price exposure to them two. Um, so we focus everything we're building new and everything we're driving forwards with is Bitcoin only. Um, we purely haven't removed them at the minute because uh, it's a it's a hassle as you touched on there. Um, we would rather the best way to, to word this, and I do appreciate people have counter arguments to various things, but the best way yep. to, to think about it is we have, um, we're a team of 25, uh, at the minute now at coin corner and we're building and, and doing, um, I would say things beyond our, um, size of a company, I guess we're, we're not the coin base size with thousands of employees, but we're building out, uh, innovative products, um, that they've never touched. So we would rather spend our resource and our time building out that than having to take the time and effort to remove it from technically from the platform, operation from the platform, regulatory from the platform, and also from uh, operational is, is a headache trying to contact customers that may have a little bit of Litecoin sat there and, and have for a while and we've got to contact them and, and remove it. it. It creates a burden and a headache and it's easier, yep. quite honestly, to just leave them sat there. Uh, yeah. on the platform. So th that's the honest answer at the minute. Uh, yes, we want to go Bitcoin only. Um, but right now, our time and resources just better spent driving Bitcoin, uh, which is what we're doing. So um, it will be Bitcoin only eventually, but I think it's just um, it's purely time and resource permitting. Um, annoyingly, I know I, I give this answer to everybody all the time with this and people will, I'm sure still be asking me in six months time if we haven't removed them still, but um, it is a uh, something we will eventually do. Um, but yeah, for the time being, we want to focus our resource where we feel is best time spent. Cool. Excellent. And I get that completely. And, you know, if you zoom out, people understand that, you know, when you've got a company like Coin Corner, as, as you know, because I'm talking to Danny, it is so difficult, isn't it, with regulations, red tape and you know all sorts to make any type of small changes. And I think sometimes we have to take a step back and appreciate that, you know, for you guys, it's not an easy thing to do when you want to make mm -hmm. those changes. So I think we have to respect that. What I'm getting from this interview is, you know, we are talking to a Bitcoiner here. We are talking to a group of Bitcoiners at Coin Corner that want to drive the Bitcoin innovation forward. Um, which is, you know, way to go. That's exactly what I want. Yeah. I'm a Bitcoin only guy. I don't hold any other coins. I'm all in. You know, um, I want to shout out to my lovely wife uh, who says, uh, thanks for the retailers listed that allow me to earn sats while I shop. I feel the need for a spending spree to get a handle on that side of the site. <laughs> That's my missus who just is always buying shoes. It's like, oh my lord! So look, um, I'm I'm sort of watching the clock. I'm mindful of time, Danny. I know we've sort of we've allocated an hour. Um, so in terms of let's talk Bitcoin for a moment, okay? Mm -hmm. Where do you feel? Do, do you feel? Uh, I mean, am I right in saying you're a Bitcoiner? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. Do you feel something shifted after the last two epochs, four-year cycles? 
you know, because of more institutions being in. Do you think we've lost maybe? I mean, we haven't got a crystal ball, none of us, and it's just a conversation between two people, really. You know, it almost looks to me that, like, we've lost the huge run-ups and then the massive drawdowns, but it's still quite disconcerting for anyone when you see a 50% drawdown. You know, if we maybe we won't see the 80%, 90% ones again, but still a 50% drawdown, you know, is a bit unnerving. Not for me, I'm so bullish it's crazy but for many people it is unnerving and then you just have to say to them you know but it will bounce back and then we'll go off again and it might crash again but just hold with it do you feel there's been a shift on the landscape in terms of how bitcoin's evolving yes i think um what we you know it is hard what you're saying there is completely right you know the price fluctuation short term Anybody new coming into the industry, they worry about them things. They pay attention to some things, and um, you know, I. It's the, the standard saying: you know, don't invest something you don't understand, yep. um, and don't put, invest more than you're willing to lose. And you know, all them sort of traditional sayings that people say in, in investments, not just in bitcoins, is any investments. Um, so you can say all them sort of them things, and people will still jump in and, and do what they they want anyway for a lot of the time, and, and do what they think is best. So. Um, they will always then obviously pay attention to the price swings and the price price fluctuations. Uh, it's easy for some of us, I think, like you say there, yourself being bullish. It's easy to sit back and say, you know, have a, a bigger, a longer time preference and, and not this short time preference of, um, you know, watching the the ten minute candles and the um, even the daily <laughs> movements. You know, you, you can if you can expand that out and treat Bitcoin um, with a different mindset, I guess, and think of it more of your longer term savings. Uh, I think is is one way a lot of people try to look at it or try and encourage other people to look at it. I think what we've seen, um, I mean, this cycle has certainly been interesting. I'm, I'm not really going to speculate on whether um, the cycle, four-year cycles are, are over or some people believe they are, some people don't. Um, I think they, this cycle has certainly dragged uh, or extended longer than I think people expected. Yeah. Um, I think what we're seeing there, and I think that obviously is due to adoption of Bitcoin um, at a wider scale. So obviously El Salvador from a country perspective, um, banks around the world uh, from a traditional finance perspective get involved. Um, we're seeing uh, Visa and MasterCard paying attention and trying to, to get involved in where they can. We're seeing um, the likes of even Cash App, obviously they added Bitcoin a while ago, but now bringing in Lightning, you know, there's people adding it to balance sheets with... Mm. Um, Square with um, Tesla, uh, with obviously Michael Saylor, with uh, Michael Saylor with MicroStrategy. Um, there is this is constantly growing and growing and growing, and we're slowly edging to the institutional stage. I think now, and obviously ETFs are a big one people pay attention to. I'm not really uh, personally that that fuss on them if they go ahead, great. If they don't, um, for me, it's just another. Um, Another thing happening in the background there that you know, I'm same as on, same as uh, yeah, what, what Bitcoin's going to do, um, at a ground level, uh, but then they're more coming into play. Uh, that eventually is going to obviously the, the volatility. If you look back, the, the volatility charts over the years, um, there's a really good one, can't remember the name of the website, but it'll give you the volatility chart over the years. And you see, you know, back in 2011 12, it was, it was pretty volatile. And that volatility is dropping and dropping and dropping as time goes by. Um, and obviously, the more adoption, the more liquidity out there, the more um, that volatility will continue to decrease over time. So, yes, I think we're it's definitely changing um, regulations, squeezing 
uh, everybody um, it's changing from all aspects, I guess, is, is where I'm going to with that. It's um, volatility is decreasing, regulation squeezing, um, more places, whether that be entities, financial, whether that be uh, tech, whether that be countries themselves are adopting it and moving forward. So I think we're just going to see more and more this year. I'm sure we're going to see, um, you know, at least probably maybe two or three countries that will uh, introduce it as legal tender. I think there's already two or three lined up, really. Um, but that yeah, I think there's some big news going to come out of 2022. What that's going to look like, I don't know. But everyone seems to be intimating yeah. that there's some news on the horizon. So um, exciting, yeah. exciting. I think, I think uh, I, I, you know, my experience is when everybody on Twitter is saying Bitcoin's going to do this, Bitcoin's going to do that, you find it goes and does the opposite. So you just as well jump into Bitcoin, DCA, and literally hold on for the long term. And I always say on my regular shows that where I haven't got a guest, your time horizon should be five years out. Just give it five mm. years. And if you look at the price you buy Bitcoin today, I bet you in five years time you are up in terms of what Bitcoin is worth over five years. But too many people look at three to five months or, you know, I bought it and oh, now I've lost money. And you haven't lost money if it's <clears throat> on paper. If you still hold the coin, if you still hold your private keys, people, you haven't lost money. It is just the price fluctuating. It's as simple as that. So um, on a personal yeah. level, Danny, as we pull this together, I just think... I'm just so massively excited about what we face this 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 decade through the 2020s. Mm -hmm. I just think what we're going to see in terms of innovation is going to tear people's faces off. I really feel that. What that's going to look like in terms of a Bitcoin price, I have absolutely no clue. I can't make any price predictions. I don't understand charts. I don't understand TA. All I know is... Everywhere you go, everything you read, somebody else has got into Bitcoin or you've got Jordan Peterson has been orange peeled or whatever it might be, you know, and I can only see that as the mass adoption that's coming. But the trouble is, it's so slow for people that are buying their Bitcoin and wanting number go up. They think nothing's happening. But you, as a CEO of a, you know Coin Corner Exchange, you have to say to my audience, and I know you will, the innovation is at breakneck speed behind the scenes, isn't it? Yeah, completely. Yeah, I what I touched on, it, I think, near the start, the, the innovation on the open network, that is Bitcoin, is going to be something we've never seen in the traditional financial world. So I think that is going to be the exciting part for me this next, uh, I even think next five years, um, I think we're going to see uh, innovation and uh, technology build on top of Bitcoin and Lightning faster than people are expecting. Um, mm. And I'm sure we'll see some um, blockbuster style um, companies, uh, which won't keep up with the times and, and slowly disappear. And there'll be some you know, large blockbuster style um bankruptcies should we call it uh, at them at them points and that's going to happen um and that's whether they are aware of that or not what we was touching on before with the the lightning card for ourselves and what we're looking at in the background and we talked with the companies in the space as well what people are working on in the background and what's starting to come out um is completely disrupting the financial world it's going to flip it on its head um and they're not ready for it and they're not paying attention to it close enough um, and that's something that I think I'm looking forward to seeing over the next five years. And I think after the five years to 10 years period, we're going to start seeing the other industries around the world starting to be disrupted. Um, so I think that's going to be a, a really exciting uh, time there. Well, 
I'm going to make this a little bit light-hearted as we pull this to a close because Torrup is going on in the chat about the convoy down in um, in Ottawa <laughs> and have we had a convoy here in the UK. And I want to say to you, Torrup, let them truckers roll 10-4 because I was a trucker for 20-odd years. In fact, Danny, my CB handle was Blockbuster. Can you believe that? And you just went on a couple <laughs> of times saying, we're going to see some Blockbuster this and Blockbuster that. And then I'm trying to read the chat to make make sure I read anything out that's important and there's Torrup going on about Cygnus, let them truckers roll 10 for a good buddy <laughs> am I really showing my age now people um, Danny, it's been an absolute yeah. blast and I really thank you for coming on the show, will you just hold there one minute because I always like to finish up with a quote, then I'm going to come back for those people and re-plug um, what I said at the start of the show and then we'll we'll have an outro so just bear with me Danny um, people, you thank know you. me I love quotes and I found this quote and that isn't it where's the quote gone? Okay, there it is. From uh, Gandhi. I'm on the wrong screen. Hold on, that doesn't help, does it? In a gentle way, you can shake the world. And I think that's what Bitcoin is doing. It is changing the world in a gentle, non-confrontational way. We don't need to have wars with guns and sticks and bombs and everything else to change the world. We can do it in a gentle way. And all we have to do, people, is... Change the world one person at a time. That is all we need to do. Orange pill one person. Talk to your brother. Talk to your sister. Talk to your friend at work. Tell them about Bitcoin. Send them a link to my show and say, watch this crazy nutcase Brit talking about this thing. And I'm, I'm hooked by it. You should go and have a listen to him. That's how we change the world. One person at a time, people. And I would encourage you all to do that. If you are not leaving your house and in your mind who can I orange pill today? You are not a Bitcoiner. You have not got it. You might own a bit of Bitcoin, but when you've got it, you can't wait to talk to somebody else. I even had some business cards made up. So when I go out, my goal is to always give a couple of people my card and say, hey, you want to check out Bitcoin. I've got a podcast that educates people on how their investment can go up in value instead of down in value like it does if you leave that in a bank. So, you know, we can change the world in a very, very gentle way. And I absolutely love that. Very, very quickly... People have said to me, you have not got enough YouTube subscribers for us to drop you a like, uh, uh, some uh, uh, super chat. So how can we drop you a tip? Well, look, the top one is um, my tipping.me address. But if you want to drop a few Satoshis to the show, use my UK Bitcoin master at coincorner.io address where you can send 100 sats and it's a few pennies as a donation. I don't want any donations, but you want to be practicing using the Lightning Network and download Wallet of Satoshi, Moon Wallet, whatever it might be. Get onto Coin Corner, get your own unique Coin Corner address. And I'm, I'm explaining this to people. When it, when have you tried to set up an account with something, it wants you to put in a username. You want to put your name in and it says, sorry, that's taken. All you can have is say, Brian, 12479382657. And it's like, what? 
If you get on Coin Corner right now and set up an account, you can literally go into the settings and you can set yourself up your own unique SATS address like mine, uh, UK Bitcoin Master at coincorner.com. So if you want to drop SATS, that's where I would suggest you drop the SATS too. Um, Danny. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I hope you felt it was worth it. I'm sure some of my audience have been intrigued by what you've been saying. When the show is finished, I'll go into the show notes and I'll add your Twitter address, Molly's, Coin Corner itself. They'll all be in the show notes. Any closing remarks for the audience? Anything you want to say that I haven't covered, Danny? The floor is yours. Thank you very much for having me on there, Brian. Thank you. Uh, appreciate the kind words. Um, no, I think just pay attention, uh, this, this year coming, and uh, this next two, three, four, five years, uh, lightning is, um, where you need to be watching. Uh, and that's maybe a, a warning sign for the traditional visa mastercards of the world. Um, I think that's something you guys need to be paying attention to. So, um, looking forward to it. Been a blast, Danny. Thank you for coming on. I'm going to put my intro on. If you stick around, I'll catch you on the other side of the intro. People, that is it. Oh, one more thing I've got to promote. Uh, oh, crikey, that's what I forgot. I've got to go back to the desktop. We did this at the top of the show. Anyone in the UK... Make a note of these dates. The 1st, 2nd and 3rd of July near Bristol, we have got a Bitcoin event over the Saturday and the Sunday. Obviously, Friday is arriving and a pizza evening, I'm told. Um, but it is the Avon Valley Adventure and Wildlife Park, uh, Bristol, Canesham, Somerset, whatever it is. Um, if you want to connect with me on Twitter, UK Bitcoin Master, DM me. Um, in my show notes at the very bottom, there's also an email address where you could email if you want more information. Um, DB Esatoshi on Twitter is arranging all of this. I've been communicating with him. I'm totally honoured that he's asked me to be the MC for that event. I don't think it's just because of my knowledge. I think it's just because of my energy and my passion. So come and join us uh, down near Bristol on the 1st, 2nd and 3rd of July. There's going to be, I think, tents. There's going to be something else. I don't know what they're called. Um, electric pitches, preset lazy daisies and grass camping. And oh, my Lord, it's all there. So reach out to me if you want to know more. But for now, stick that date in your diary. Danny, that is it. Thanks for being on, my friend. I really appreciate it. I'll catch you on the other Thanks. side. I'll be back on Monday, everyone, 6 p.m. UK time with my regular show where we talk about current news, a runner video from some of the greatest thought leaders in the space. Come and join me on Monday. I go live every Monday and every Thursday. I will tell you that on the 24th of this month on a Thursday, not putting Danny down at all. Danny's been a great guest, but I've also got the, one of the most incredible Bitcoiners in the space space currently today that's agreed to come on the show so keep an eye out for the coming thursdays we've got some great guests coming up i'll leave you all with my social media links i'll catch you on the other side danny i'll catch all of you next up monday whatever you're doing have a great weekend i'm brian the uk bitcoin master signing off don't forget to retweet this and share it see ya